0: When God began to, if you want to read these verses, uh, chapter four of Isaiah, when you get home, uh, when God began to speak to the remnant that was back in Israel, and he first verse he says, "I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I'm going to give you a cause and a purpose, a renewed purpose." So when we meet together, God's giving us a renewed purpose, continually redefining our. We're here for Him, not for us. We're here for Him. He says, "Then when the assembly gets together, he said." uh, there's gonna be a canopy over you. And I refer back to the verse we sang last week in the song. His can his banner over me is what? Right. So here we sit. Remember, wherever two or three get together, he's here, right? So where is he here? He's yeah, he's got his canopy of love and protection right over here. you okay, you're gonna re- Do you believe that? According to your faith be it unto you. I okay, I'm gonna say it again. There's a canopy over us right now. It's a canopy of his love and his presence. Feel his presence starting to fall? And then he said under that canopy, he said there's going to be a, a cloud by day to lead them. And the Lord reminded me that that cloud is his anointing and his presence. If the church doesn't have his anointing and presence with us, we're in trouble. Because we can do nothing. We're doing the work of the Lord and without his anointing. So how many believe his anointing is here? Ooh, Yes, right here. His anointing is here that we may ask anything in his name, and he will do it. His anointing here is to carry out the sovereign will of the Father. And then fire by night. He said that fire is the light. So today, if you walk out of here with something turned on, you go, wow, I didn't see that. That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the light. He's the one that's opening our eyes. And then there's a root. He said that's going to go right through, and it's going through here. And he said, there's a root that's going to cause green grass and freshness. There's nothing worse than stale Christians. I was raised in a church where they, every Wednesday night, they were saved, sanctified, and on their way to heaven. And nothing happened since. They didn't say that, but that's how they acted. You know, and, and we go, so there's a lot of saints even that got used to just being where they were. And they lost their freshness. There was nothing, they were good people, but there was nothing drawing that I would even be drawn to. And that's sad relationship. If we're in that boat, the Lord says, I'm here to bring freshness to your relationship with me. Green grass. How many believe he's growing some green grass right through us here? And then he's the one that brings the fruitfulness. The fruit of the Holy Spirit comes through Jesus that would become Christ-like. And that's here among us. So he's developing fruit. You can't develop fruit yourself. He has to do it as we surrender to him and his word. Amen? Amen. You, I know heard people say, yeah, we need more love around here. Well, then they try to be more loving, but it lasts about as long as it took to get started. Because genuine love that people are attracted to comes from the spirit of love that's flowing through your life. Amen? Yeah. So don't try, we, we say, Lord, I need more loving, but I need more of you. I surrender to you. That's what attracts people. Not what we hang on ourselves. Well, I'm in a position in the church, I gotta be more loving and more forgiving. No, 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 it all flows because everything about Christ is life. And when we're not life anymore, something's gotten unplugged. He said the fruit. And then here's another we always need to recognize. That when God called us, he also put the banner over us. And that banner over us also is keeping the enemy from defeating the Christians. He said, the banner over you is protecting you from the thunder and the rain and the clouds of the enemy. How many have been rained on by the devil? Okay. Well, next time remind him, hey, besides shut up. Remind him that you are under the assembly and you are under the protection of God's all night. He did not leave us down here to be on our own. And he didn't leave us here to do his work. He left us here to do that we may learn to work with him under his anointing, under his power, and through the power of his Word. And so I'm going to declare that right now. There's a canopy, and while we do, I'm going to ask the horns to blow. Uh, we blow those because, um, just as a reminder of Israel, uh, they would blow the house, and that meant somebody was to come together. And it's calling to the assembly, and it also would bring the anointing of the Lord down on the assembly. Go ahead, let's do it. Praise you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We we receive it, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many feel it raining in here? All we need to do is do what the Lord says do, and what's in His Word, and we have everything. And uh, we want to. Okay, now over to if you go now with Isaiah 55, and uh, we want to look at the Word of God, uh, recognizing as I start, everything that we are enjoying today has already been offered and he's just waiting for us to respond to his word that we may be recipients of it. The sure thing that we have here today is that we have been saved by the blood of Jesus. And because of the uh, the Lord's Savior nailed to the cross, and this is important because when we get talking about uh, responding uh, in other fashions, like I remind you that the Lord loves you like you are if you're in Christ, but he loves you too much to leave you like you are. So you're not imperfect in your spirit. And if we, if we don't learn that, we can't allow the Lord to develop us if we don't have a... Who, who's that love based on? The solid rock. So before I get into this, I want to remind you that if you're planning on going to heaven, you must be at this very moment. You say, oh, but you don't know. Oh, yeah, the Lord knows, and you need to deal with that. But you're not going to heaven because what you do. I used to be at the altar all the time as a kid because I, my salvation depended totally on me. Until I read my, recognized that the Lord says, Well, this was my idea, not yours. You didn't come to me, I came to you. And don't try to get a hold of me, I got a hold of you. And I saved you. You say, I'm saved, and praise God, if the trumpet sounds, I'm on my way to heaven. Well, it isn't because you're doing it all right yet. You hear me? We've got to separate those two things. I'm on my way to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did for me on Calvary. And that's solid. You better nail it down there. If you don't nail it down, you're going to be always feeling guilty because you're not measuring up. You need to put your feet down as I'm a born-again believer. You better believe the devil has played with you tooth and toenail on that issue, hasn't it? Well, you're not good enough. You're not this or you're not that. I want to repeat, as I did last week. If the trumpet should sound, how many are planning going up? I'm going to remind you that sin cannot enter heaven. And some of you still have sin in your life and the imperfections and so do I. But I'm going up because of what Jesus did. Amen? That's the only thing that could be perfect enough to get me to heaven. Then everything else I do is because I am right with God through Christ Jesus and I am nailed down and I am on a rock. Amen? Now I don't do what we're about to deal with here, I don't do this to get God to love me anymore, to get me more saved. Relationship, what it does do, it allows me to understand and experience a greater relationship with Him because He wants you, He doesn't only want to save you, He wants you to know Him and to walk with Him. And so when we talk about changes and we talk about the Word of God and talk, those things, that comes out of the fact that. I'm now saved, and I just want to be more like him. So we're not getting more saved. Anyone there? How many have been born again? Okay, you've been born of the Spirit. Boom. You're here. Right? And the trumpet sounds as bad as some of you still have some issues. Then I'll tell you who reminds you about your issues. If the Holy Spirit's convicting you, he will open your eyes to them. If you're feeling guilty about them, the devil's laying it on you. There is no guilt in the kingdom of God. There is conviction. And boy, I get that quite often in the mornings. I go, Lord, aren't I done yet? I thought for sure I had it all together, Lord. And then he opens up a whole other account. Now, I'm going to tell you something. In all of that, I don't feel condemned. Nor do I feel unholy. I sometimes want to boot myself for I was blind to it. And you said, "Well, I'm going to remind you something. If you see something that God's speaking to you and you're not doing it, that's idolatry. If God starts to speak to you something you didn't see it, that's called blindness. Okay? God's mercy goes far, far in changing us from glory to glory when we're blind to something. Now, if we know something that God has spoken, then we're into deliberate idolatry. Do you know what idolatry is? Idolatry is seeing the truth and then making a decision that that's not for you and you make the choice that it's going to be your way. Let's say that again. God speaks to you and he lets you see and then you decide, but that's not going to be comfortable for me. Especially we talk about Jesus in the wrong places. That's not going to be comfortable. And the Lord's saying, "I want you to speak out for me. I want you to." That's not going to be comfortable.
1: And the issue,
0: the issue is that's idolatry. For him to know what to do, good and doeth it to not. So we really need to recognize that the things that the Lord opens our eyes to, we need to do what, walk, and believe them and trust them. Amen. God, this was God's idea. Don't work for God. He said, "Preacher, what do you say? work with? Don't work for God. God designed you to work with Him. You can't do enough for God in your own strength. That's going to amount to anything. But when you are being led by the Spirit of God, and you're letting Him, and you're creating obedience in Him, then you are what?" Uh, God's working with you. Okay, thoughts here. Isaiah 55. <clears throat> and Isaiah begins to speak about. Uh, I'm going to just read a couple of verses, and I'm going to ad lib some of them and paraphrase some of them. But you follow me anyway, okay? Chapter 55, we're going to look at the first verse. And here's what every one of us. Now, here, I want to say this first. Everything that God has planned for your future is already in place, He's waiting for you to respond to it. God is not bringing anything down at the response of your prayers because God already knows what he wants to do with you. How many believe that? We say that, but I don't know if we believe that. The steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered by the Lord. God already knows why you're here. He chose you so that you might fulfill. He said, well, he chose me so that he could save me. Saving me, me is part of it. It's a big part of it. Praise God. But he has a plan for your life. And, and when we go, so Lord, I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then, uh, then I, I go after it. But the issue is that what the reminding here in Isaiah, as he's speaking, he said, I want you to wait and listen. We're already settled. We're on the rock. We're saved. We got a plan for our lives. God's overshadowing us. He's growing green grass in us, freshness. There's fruit he's starting to produce. And the devil, and I want to remind you about the devil. This is the last time you're going to hear about him. If he could, and that canopy was not over you, you would not be here breathing today. I'm going to repeat that. As soon as you said yes to Jesus, the devil would have had to wipe you out. If he could. He can't. He's weak. Weak and he lies. How many know he lies? He can't wipe you out. I mean, I've been thrown I've been hit by a car twice. I've been run over how many times and and I go, hey, I said this to someone the other day, I said, I'm still here. Why? Because not God's not done with me. Now that's how we should look at the future, not based on I'm wondering if we're gonna die or, or right? I'm going to tell you, if God's not done and has not fulfilled his plan for you yet and it's not finished, you ain't going anywhere and I don't care how many cars run over you. <laughs> for me to die. And it throws me in the hospital for five days waiting, and all the doctors are waiting for me to die including the chief of staff. Trying to get my wife to go along with it. Here I am. Talking to you about Jesus. <laughs> Amen. I'm, this is for you too. This is not just for me. Now here's the issue. God's got a plan for you, and he wants to unfold it. But the problem is, many times, that we have settled into where we are in Christ, and we start enjoying the things of the world first while we're serving Christ, and the issue of growing in him has not become an important thing to us. Now, that doesn't mean we can't enjoy the things out here, too. Wait and listen. Everyone who is thirsty—now, here I want to ask a question. We can know the Lord and be fulfilled in him— but we always have a desire to what? see the fulfillment of God in us, don't we? So there's a thirst. Even though we're not thirsting for reality in Christ, there's a thirst that's going on. He said, I want you to come to the waters. And he who has no money, come and buy and eat. What he's simply saying is, what I got planned for you and what I want to do in you, it's free if you'll just respond to it. He says, come and drink of the waters. And he who who has no money, come and buy and eat. You know that's crazy? Everything that is worthwhile in our personal lives with Christ is free. Now, the Lord tells us to give. He tells us to tithe. And we need to obey the Lord in our tithing. But what we receive and all he has to offer is free. If you'll just believe him and receive it. Yes, come. Buy priceless, priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessings. When you begin to get in the Word of God and say, Lord, I'm surrendering myself to you. I want you to be the most important. He didn't say everything else. He said, what do you always say when you make me the most important? Then everything else will be what? Added onto you. Do you realize your family Your work, your job, your position in the church will always, always be added unto you if you're seeking Jesus first. And if you're not, your eyes are going to get on everything else and the devil's going to have you looking to the right or to the left and you're going to fear and you're going to doubt. Your eyes are either going to be Jesus and he's your focus or the devil's going to have a heyday with you. Because it's when you're focused, when your eyes are on the word of God, then the enemy can't come popping in there. So say, well, you're not worth anything. You know. Hey, I just read this morning. Lord says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And he loves me just like I am. Praise God. But have money for that.
1: Way? Amen.
0: Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your earnings for what does not satisfy? I want you to think. This is no condemnation. This is a thinking message. I want you to think all the time that you spend on everything else and then how, effort, how much effort it takes to even spend some time with God, which is your source. He you said, well, I just don't have time. We have time for everything else. But we have not seen the importance of putting Christ and his word first. You look around you. There are people that in our nation today that are being blessed out of their gourd. Well, they must be brighter than we are now. They have made a decision to do whatever they do according to the Word of God and to believe God. Amen. Hearken diligently to me and eat what's good. Of course, what is he talking about there? The Word in obedience, yes.
1: And let your soul delight
0: itself in its fatness and profuseness of spiritual joy. Okay, folks, it is biblical to be fat. <laughs> I'm in good shape here," he said. "Be fat, what do you? Be fattened up in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. Be full, be running over. Now, what we have to recognize is, what am I getting all this? Christ is in me, and I know it. And I'm tired of feeling defeated, and I'm tired of trying to do this and do that, and then feel I see God doing something else to somebody else, and I'm going. So why is it happening with them? It's why because they're at the source. There's nowhere else." for life to blossom outside of Jesus and the Word of God. How much time do we spend trying to make things happen and have good times? Good times come from a right relationship. trying to res- get you to respond to him so that you might enjoy everything that's in him. He's not t- adding something to you. He's taking off the grave's clothes that you what, are in the word of God. You're obeying to him. And he said, I want you to do this. Verse 3. Incline your ear and submit and consent to the divine will of God. And, and he says, and come to me your soul will revive and I will make an everlasting covenant. Of league with you, even the sure mercies and kindness and goodwill and compassion promised today. And David, as an example, I'm going to skip the next two verses, but I'm going to tell you, he's using David as an example. He said, Do you know why David rose to power from a, a boy out in the shepherd field, the least of the brothers, was able to kill giants? <laughs> was able to be called and anointed to be king. What did we learn about David very early on? Out there in the field. Here's one of them. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the sun. It's him. This is not a religion. It's Jesus. And the written word of God. He is the one that does this. So he said, David made a commitment with me out there. And I was his God. I was his Lord. I was his everything. And guess what God did with David? He ended up being king. He said, well, he certainly wasn't perfect. I didn't say that. God was still allowed to what? Fulfill his plan. Even when David blew it. But David had a heart for God. And so he repented. Paid a price for his sin, but he, God reinstated him. David, from a shepherd boy, we see God's plan and purpose fulfilled. You, from a child. And we have to get this in our head because we don't think we're worth having enough plans from God. And that, We have to fight that. The devil is the one who keeps us down and about negative about ourselves and how worthless we are and how nothing we are. And that's the devil speaking to you and you're listening. God would never say that to you. Never. There's no fear. There's no no condemnation in God. Seek, in verse 6, seek and inquire, for it required the Lord while he may be found. He said, uh, so where do we start? Seek the Lord. He didn't say go to somebody else or anything else. Seek the Lord. Get into what the Lord says. Some of the things he says is going to bug you. Because you've got to get broken from your flesh. I told you about the time I was in my office and I opened the scriptures and I was reading again. It was one of those days I went, oh, Lord, what's next? And I slammed my Bible shut and Edna's it was downstairs and Ed goes, what's wrong? I said, I'm just going to quit reading this book. She said, what do you mean? I said, I just read it, and I'm not there yet. But remember, God's plan is for you to be there. You hear me? God's plan is for you to be there. He said, inquire of me. Go after me. Put me number first. Turn the TV off. And give the Lord a half an hour. You're not doing him a favor. He's doing you a favor because he's the one that wants to have audience with you. People say, well, I had my four scriptures read today. I said, well, I'm sure God's happy about that. When you seek God, you want to know him. Amen. I want to know what you have in mind. So when you get before the Lord, don't come in with all your lists and everything. no all right to ask God about things. But he wants to spend time with you. Sometimes I think maybe just we need to spend time. Well, how many chapters should I read? I don't know. Why don't you let, because he's in charge of your time. So while we go around making plans, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this verse. I'm going to read this chapter. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And maybe it's, we just need to lay it down and start getting silent before the Lord. Let God begin to speak to us. Yes, it involves the word, but you're not doing him a favor. You're doing yourself a favor. This is all God's idea, not yours. And so guess what? When we understand that we're not completely in charge of this, then we go, well, Lord, okay, what do you have in mind for me today? Shouldn't that be our positive when we get up? I know I've gone through those. That's why we get bored with our prayer life. I've been through this cycle every morning. and you know, yeah. Rather than go, Lord, I'm here for you. I'm not here for my religious duties. I want to hear from you. How many want to hear from the Lord? I want to hear from you. What are you doing in my life? I want to grow with you. This is not where it's ending. <clears throat> Just an example of that I decided I was going to retire. And, and so uh, I went for a couple of years planning to retire. One morning I'm up praying, and the Lord said, uh, "Hey," He said, "This retirement is your idea, not mine." Now put your feet down. Yes, sir. I listened. We have a problem, especially the last generation in this church. I have people they reach seventy, or seventy, then suddenly they stop staying home. That the young people do it. I'm going to go, that has been wrong, wrong, wrong. We need a physical problem, yes. But we need the old saints. Amen? We need all of them. My Wednesday night prayer group, we got a bunch back there. that I keep telling them, they they just remind me that there's life after 75. Because they're in their 80s. And are still going fervently with the Lord. Amen? We're in there praying for the church. There is no shutdown time. God's got a plan for you, and if you do retire from your job, He's got someone else for you to serve. Remember today, retirement, complete retirement, is not your idea. It's not God's idea; it's yours. Now, maybe you may be change where you work, but God's not done with you spiritually. Amen. Here's what He's simply saying: Is verse seven. Go with me. He said, "Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts." In other words, stop thinking like the world and the devil and fear, and start forsaking those thoughts, and start thinking like Jesus wants you to think. We're talking about in the Sunday school class, <clears throat> when we stand in front of mirror and go, oh, I'm the worst, I'm the terriblest, I'm most awful, I hear people doing that. I'm just this, and I, I say, you know, you are cursing yourself, because you are taking the words of the devil that's out to defeat you, and you're putting them intact. And when you do that, that's the voice of the devil. The Lord Jesus would never say that about you. What does he say? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I want to remind you that Jesus died on the cross and gave his best. But he did not die for any trash. He died for people that are valuable. Do I hear an amen to that? He will let him, let him return to the Lord, and he will have love and pity and mercy for him. In other words, begin to forsake these ways. That's what we're talking about today. There's some issues that the Bible wants to say, I'm going to quit that. I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start spending money. Okay, and I'm going to renew my mind about myself. Inferiority is not humility. Inferiority is of the devil. You know, in church I grew up in, they took that and spiritualized it pious. No, they were inferior. Inferiority is not of God. We need to get our heads on straight, amen, and our hearts on straight. And we don't know this unless we get into the Word of God. Here's what he's trying to say to you. Verse 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now what we have to accept right off the start, and you won't learn it unless you're in the Word and start letting the Lord speak to you. The way the Lord chooses to run your life and the way that comes natural to you to run your life, do you hear what I just said? Far as the east is from the west. Do you hear what I just said? We cannot go by what we think for the moment. And because he said, that's not my thoughts. Just for a quick example, you know, I've had some enemies and I'm waiting for God to wipe them out. And, you know, I go, yeah. And suddenly one morning at church, sitting up at the altar, the Lord took me over to Matthew 5. And I go, oh, forgive your enemies. Bless those that you.'" I'm going, well, that's not where I'm at. Folks, as long as we go by our own thinking, our own feelings, and our own emotions, which you cannot trust, are they or are not the thoughts of God. So I go, okay, Lord, I'm in trouble. Your thoughts and my thoughts are in conflict here. Your actions and my actions are in conflict. Guess who we need to start choosing? Not what you think, but what God says. What we have to make that to say, if you don't, you'll be doing this the rest of your Christian life. How many want to hear, well done, thou now, good and faithful servant. God is faithful a few things, I will make you ruler of many things. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. I sin. But I that. Yeah. You will never be judged for your sin again in heaven. That's a once time deal. How many are glad for that? Yeah. Praise God. all been covered. He said, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Finish that story, then I said, Okay, Lord, um, All right, here it goes. I will pray for them. So I felt like the biggest hypocrite the first half hour. I am going, Lord, I really, really don't want to bless. But that was me. I just want to insert here, when you make up your mind, you're going to do what the word says, then he gives you the power to do it. So another half hour goes. I said, oh, Lord, bless him. Well, so finally it dawned on me, this guy really wasn't even saved, and I needed to be praying for his salvation. So I started praying for his salvation. And guess what happened? The weight that ha- this this... God's way, no matter what you think or how much it goes against your hurt Heavens you are higher do it his way. He said, My thoughts are For as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now here's what he says, if you'll plug into my thoughts, you'll live your life according to my word. He said, Here's what's gonna happen. He said, For as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and returns not there again but waters the earth and make it bring forth sprout, it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So my word comes down, comes into your head, into your heart, and builds your faith, and then you act on it. So my word that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void. So what you're hearing this morning is God's word being spoken. Now, it's up to you to do whatever you want. But I'm telling you what, he said, it shall not return to me void or without producing any ineffective uselessness, but it shall accomplish what I please and purpose. It shall prosper in the things for where I sent it. How many are in a receiving Because he, he said it's not going to be void so you open up He said for it shall go out from spiritual exile and cause my sin and evil into homeland with joy be forth by your leader the Lord himself and his word and here's what he said if you start responding say Lord this is and all one thing at a time, folks. Don't look at the whole ball of wax. You go, man, God's got to work for me and me to do. No, you already know that you're at points where God hasn't been speaking to you. And we go, but I don't, I don't feel like it. I'm hurt. I'm, I'm all this. Remember, you're hanging on to stuff that's going to do you in. A lady in my office that was upset, had a grief in her life and her husband, And she got angry at him, and she just wasn't a person to be angry. She wasn't an angry person. But somehow, to be strong, she grabbed a hold of anger. So there I am trying to minister in the Holy Spirit, and I'm going... Temporarily, it makes you feel strong. So about the third visit, guess what? Said, it's got to go. And we started to pray, and all of a sudden, she to pour out tears. She was wounded. She was hurt. But she grabbed a hold. And we as God's people, we grab a hold of all this stuff that is not God. And then wonder why we're not enjoying the things of God. You grab a hold of anger and make you strong. Put up a wall to defend yourself. Guess what? Life's draining out. He says, so shall my word go out. For it shall go out, and the spiritual exile of sin. And he said, here's what's going to start happening. Make Jesus speak to me today. I'm here with you. Open the word. Say, Lord, speak to my heart. And I want to put something in place today. You tell me. The Holy Spirit's here to show me. Again, this is not heaven or hell issue. If, we don't have, if we're not solid, we can't afford to do this. If we still think that everything, when the Lord started working on me, I used to think when well, something bad came out, I'd go, oh, he must hate me. No. I finally learned no. I had to be secure in his love so I could be honest with him. Amen? Amen? We've got to be secure in his love. that He's not going to clobber us when we confess. Praise the Lord. Here's what he said. Now, here's what your life's going to be like. He said, you're the Lord himself. Uh, what we're following is Jesus here. With peace in the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Uh, what are you talking about here? You start making Jesus Lord and let him change you from glory to glory. And he says there's going to be joy. How I many want joy? It's already in there, but these things sort of mask it. You already have love in you. It's not going to come down from anywhere. When you do these things and follow the Lord, that just opens up for men. Here, I want to remind you where the Lord is. He said he's sitting on the throne. But no, he said you are the temple of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have to learn that. How could, you know, the early heresies, they just couldn't believe that a holy God could live in such sinners. Well, we're not. We've been covered with the blood. So he could move in. Where did he say? Out of your belly. Where's your soul? Sometimes we think, well, God's in me, God's with me. We never pinpoint him. He's not up here. He said, you learn to govern your thoughts. If I'm the temple of God and he's dwelling in me, he's got to take up residence somewhere. And I believe he's right here. In the very beat, your soul. He moved into your spirit, he moved into your soul, and he's here. And so we need to say, Lord, I'm not trying to get this from heaven. You're right here. We make it difficult, don't we? Because we don't have God placed properly. Instead of thorns, and here's your life, instead of thorns shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of briars, shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be the Lord for a name of renown, for everlasting sign of jubilant exaltation, and memorial due to praise which shall be cut off. What he's simply saying is make a decision. Stop living by what you think. I can tell you when you're around a person that is governed by what they think, they're far more quick to tell you what they think than Christians are to talk about Jesus. Amen. Have you ever been around somebody? Well, I think this. I think that. Yeah, but what does the Bible say? That's your place. What does the Bible say? If it requires obedience? If it requires uh, just declaring what the right words? Uh, and, and, you know, when we get into that, and I want to remind you, another thing that's defeating the tar out of Christians is you're being hung daily by your tongue. The words you say about yourselves and about others, you are placing curses on them. He said, don't curse, but what? Bless. Ooh, hallelujah. Isn't that our call? Stop cursing yourself. Stop thinking how inadequate you are. Stop thinking these things. The devil's telling you that. And you've believed it for so long because of inferiority, that we don't, can't stand up and say, but the Bible says this, and I'm going to declare this. God wants to prosper his people far more than we've been prospered, not just for ourselves. People say, well, I've got enough. That's very selfish thinking, isn't it? God may want to prosper you out of your gourd so he can use you to help others. The church has to be blessed so that it can bless others. When it's all about us, well, then you only have a. Well, I'm getting along. It's all about us. I'm getting along, but do you realize if God blessed you, what you could be doing for the fulfillment of the gospel? And, but it's still all about us. Jesus said, "It's no longer about you." This is not a. It's about me. Now, this is not a message of condemnation, nor would I. If there's any condemnation, I repent of it. Uh, That's a spirit of conviction. Is God speaking to you? Praise God. Father, we worship you, spirit and truth, and we honor you, and we bless you, we glorify you. Now, Lord, you said the word that goes forth would not be void. Lord, just turn lights on here. Jesus, light us up. Let us see, not to condemn us. Let us see truth that we may put it into practice. Not to try to get you to like us, but because you already love us. And obedience is loving you back. You did say, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus, I repent of allowing the things of this world and the things of the enemy and the things of what we think hindering what you want to do with us. Forgive us. Repent of us. Light a fire in us, O oh Lord, and let the green grass grow through the power of God's Spirit in us. We worship you, and we adore you, and we bless you. Praise God. Now, I want, if you want to know where the Spirit of God flows, I want you all stand and I want you to go to two people and I want you to say, the Lord bless you and keep you. Would you do that? The Lord bless you and keep you. Tell somebody that. Let it come out of your mouth. You may go in the peace of the Lord.